Welcome to Sky Team's People First with Morag Barrett. My guest this week is my friend and colleague, Lida Citroen, who is an award-winning personal branding and reputation management expert. She has several LinkedIn learning courses. You may have already seen her TEDx talk, and if you haven't, you need to. And she is the author of four books and countless articles. Lida coaches global executives, entrepreneurs, and military veterans seeking to build their influence, inspire, and impact their careers. And you can also read some of her wisdom and articles on entrepreneur.com and military.com. So, Lida, welcome to People First. Thank you, Morag. What a pleasure to be here with you. Well, I'm looking forward to it. So we're going to dive into the work you do around personal branding, not just for corporate leaders, but especially the work you're doing for leaders within the military at all ranks who are transitioning into civilian life. But we, before we get to the modern day, mm -hmm. I want to take you back. Okay. You're sitting in elementary school. The teachers just asked you to draw a picture of what you want to be when you grow up. So what did you think you were going to be? I was actually supposed to be a lawyer, um, which was really funny because even in college, I was pre-law and I took the LSATs. My, my father's a lawyer. I had family members that were in the legal field and I was argumentative. So it made sense. Um, and I decided, and I told my dad, I wanted to take a year off just to get some real world experience. Well, I never went to law school. And actually many years later, i ended up being a regional marketing director for an international law firm and realized in that moment the way they thought would have completely changed how I think. And I'm kind of glad I didn't get that training. Okay. So what was so the pivot point then, even that going pre pre-law, taking the LSAT, how do you end up being an expert on personal branding and working with people, Iceland, uh, Poland, South Africa, globally, how do you end up there? You know, it, I spent 20 years in corporate America, right? You and I both have corporate backgrounds. And my role in corporate was always positioning, messaging, mm -hmm. managing the narrative, making sure that whatever the product or service or opportunity that we were promoting had an emotional connection, which we know is called the brand. Then I also would be in charge of making sure that the marketing was executed flawlessly. But in those 20 years, I bounced around a lot. And I did it because I was constantly looking for challenge. So I'd, I'd work two and a half years in one job. I'd meet the goals and expectations. And I didn't want to just replicate. So I would pivot and move to something else. Mm -hmm. And none of it made sense. Through those 20 years, everyone around me thought I was, you know, I wouldn't make a commitment or why doesn't she stick with one thing? But when 2008 happened and the market imploded, I found myself unemployed. And for the first time, those 20 years made sense because they were setting me up to do what I did for companies to now do it for people. Mm -hmm. And I find people, I mean, you know, I find people much more interesting and resilient and complicated and, and feelings-based than a product or a company. So it all made sense after 20 years. And I sometimes tell young people, like, give it time. I, I run a very successful marketing company. I didn't get my training in marketing. 
but I had a lot of experience and a lot of roadblocks and obstacles and opportunities and working with people, helping them build their positioning, helping them create a value proposition that's relevant and compelling. Well, it just made so much more sense. And it's when I realized what I was meant to do. So you mentioned that you started Leader 360, your business in 2008, which is, I think, when we first got to know each other, which means we've known each other for 12 years, my friend. So for people listening, I mean, I get it if you're talking about a can of drink or a thing. Branding is all about the color, the look, the, the promise. Right. But when it comes to me or individuals, help us understand what is personal branding? Well, it's very similar to corporate or product branding in that it is about positioning, but the process is a little bit more intricate and intimate. Personal branding is about you being in charge of the expectation of the experience you want other people to have of you. So when they hear your name, Morag Barrett, what are the feelings they have about who this person is, what she stands for, what she might be able to help me with, and why I might want to have a conversation with her? It's the same that we have with products, right? That's why we have generic and we have branded. Mm-hmm. But people tend to sell by selling information or by inundating with data or track record and results when really what we want to know is, how am I going to feel working with you? What's it, what's that experience going to be like? Can I trust you? Do you bring the skills and the experience that I need to be able to have a, have a working relationship? But also, what's it going to feel like to work with you? So it, it sounds fluffy and emotional and all that, and it is. But really where it becomes fun is when you apply strategic marketing to that feeling and you start looking at all the different ways that on a daily basis, you and I are influencing the people that we seek to create relationship with, whether it's social media or the way we present ourselves or the people we associate with. All of those go to reinforcing that perception that we want. So I can understand if I've had a career misstep Maybe I've damaged some relationships or I've had a a faux pas that's damaged my reputation in a business. Right. That's at one end of the spectrum. Why why would I care? What's in it for me and others if I were to invest and give some thought to what my brand is? So I always say there's three types of people that come to me, right? You're right that reputation repair is certainly a lane. And I'm very well known. I've written a lot on the topic of how do you build your name back Um, as people make mistakes, right? At the keyboard or in person, that's becoming more and more popular. But really two other camps of people are looking at this conversation. The first is someone who maybe never thought about their brand or the way that they're perceived. So again, they're selling, Mm -hmm. here's what I know how to do. Here's how I do it. Like Simon Sinek taught us, right? That people sell how they do it or what they do, but it's not the why that they're selling. Mm -hmm. And branding is about bringing those values and that value proposition forward. So maybe they've never thought about it and they were realizing that there's opportunities that they've missed. They haven't been promoted. They haven't been hired. Um, Their clients really don't understand why they're choosing them. So maybe there's risk there. But the other camp of people are people who are looking to make a change. So I've worked a lot with, you know, people who've been very successful in their careers, 
globally, but now they want to do something different. And mm -hmm. how do they take the equity in their name and the assets they've accumulated and move them from finance to motivational speaking or from the oil and gas industry into, um, you know, a social cause. So it's a pivot type of brand strategy. And they're all three equally important and also very, very fascinating. Yeah, I can see that because often we get typecast by our job description or our LinkedIn profile for today. I mean, I use myself as a case in point. People see me as an author and as a speaker. They now see you as a personal branding expert. But what they don't see in my case is the 15 years of commercial finance or the 20 year corporate career that happened before the entrepreneurial career. And so personal branding allows you to dovetail all of those eloquently. Well, it, it puts you in control of, of telling the story about them, right? So I know for a fact when you get on stage, because I've watched you many times, you talk about your background and, and how you talk about it, how you sort of use it to level up and give credibility to the kinds of conversations you're going to take an audience through. A lot of people leave that to chance that someone's going to look at your profile mm -hmm. on LinkedIn and just know that about you or somebody who's got a lot of disparate jobs, right? In my case, I had 20 years of sort of the same type of job, but in a lot of different industries, it was my responsibility to tell a prospective client, here's why that all makes sense. Here's why all of those different industries tease me up to beautifully work with you because I can't leave that to chance. If I leave it to chance that they're going to understand that, then I'm giving away a lot of power. So mm -hmm. the power of narrative and telling your own story is a big part of branding. So how has your thought process and your approach to personal branding evolved over the years as you've worked now globally? Yeah, I was sharing this recently with somebody, and I think the first thing that comes to mind is as much as I talk about personal branding, I never thought anybody really cared about my brand, right? And, and I've shared this story with you that when I used, first started out as a speaker in my own business, I would get on stage and I would talk through my methodology and my processes and I would share all the steps the audience needed to be able to unpack their brand, you know, articulate their value and identify a target audience and go forward. But it was the questions and answers afterwards that, that really surprised me. And they all wanted to know, like, how did I get into this? Mm -hmm. What's my background? And, and it never occurred to me that they cared about me, even though I'm talking about personal branding. So I think what's changed is I've had to make myself more vulnerable and talk about my own brand and how I built this reputation. And, and it's, it's humbling. It's, it's a little surprising, but I think it's really helped me bond with an audience. So I'm starting to encourage my clients to do the same thing because it seems to work, especially in this day and age of social media and authenticity and being vulnerable. Well, I think it goes back to what you said earlier on. It's the story and stories engage hearts and minds. And the, the fact that you and I, we're not an overnight success, but people often assume that we are. But when we share the stories of the 10, 15, 20 years before, the ups and downs, they can connect with that in their own life story and also take from it what they need to accelerate their own career. I think you make an excellent point. I mean, you and I make it look easy. Right. And everything, just, it just looks like we fell out of bed and we knew all this. But 
sharing sort of the trials and tribulations, which I do share with audiences. You know, there have been times I've made mistakes and here's what I had to do. Or Mm -hmm. one of the things I've really started helping audiences commit to is an agreement with themselves to live the brand they're supposed to live. And I share some real experiences where I did make some hard decisions and and they worked out. But here's an example of one that I did that didn't work out. Mm -hmm. And yeah, their examples aren't going to be the same as mine because they're in maybe they're coming out of a military uniform or they're graduating college or or running a big global company. But it shows that I'm human enough to say, yeah, it's happened to me. So I get it when you say it could happen to you. So on that point, you mentioned the military there. I know you have a new book coming out imminently. So wow. tell us about the new book. And you got to, oh, there it is. I know, it's a galley copy. That's why it has that banner at the top. But oh. Beautiful. How does it feel to hold that? Well, I mean, you and I've written a few books <laughs> under our belt. This is my fourth. Um, this one, I'm working with a real publisher. I didn't, I'm not self-publishing this book. And it's just amazing. I mean, this is my third book in the military conversation. And the men and women who supported this book with their stories and their lessons learned and mistakes they made and just their examples, letting me share their story with their name so that yeah. somebody else benefits from it. It's, it's humbling to be, a, be able to be a voice for that. So t- tell me one of the stories that comes to mind that resonates for you. Oh my gosh. So oh, many, so many, I know. And it's hard to pick a favorite. It's like a favorite child, isn't it? But now that would be easy. I'm totally okay. kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. Um, you know, I interviewed Top Gun fighter pilots and Navy SEALs and, you know, men and women who were medically separated after a few years and their whole life changed. Um, mm-hmm book talks about the different career paths. So not everybody coming out of the military gets a job. Some people um, go to school. So they pursue higher education, which is hugely important in this country. I found out afterwards that this is, if not the only one of the very few books about military transition that addresses that. So I talk about what it's like to be a student veteran and these men and women, you know, they're, they're, some of them are in their thirties and they're sitting in classrooms or Mm -hmm. alongside 18, 19 year olds, um, very different experience, but it also talks about pursuing entrepreneurship. So some great stories of, you know, veterans who said, I'm going to try and be my own boss and what that's like and how do you get funding and what does it look like to, to pursue an investor? And so that conversation's in here, as well as how do you get a job? right? What are are the steps? How do you write a resume? How do you choose a job? Can you negotiate a salary? What happens if you don't like your job and you want to change? You know, all Mm -hmm. of those types of things get unpacked and it's definitely a collective, collective work. And I know that that whole military transition piece is a passion for you in the work that you do for pro bono, but the speaking and also the educating and the reason why you wrote these books. Why is this conversation particularly important for you right now? You know, and and I get asked that a lot and it, it almost feels like it's so part of who I am now, but 11 years ago, I didn't know anyone who had served. Um, no one in my family had served in the U S military. I didn't have any friends or connections or, you know, nobody's spouse was deployed, but I was actually sitting at a Denver Broncos football game, November 9, 2009. Uh, they actually played the Steelers, which echo, um, and (laughs) 
and it was the week of Veterans Day. Um, the team at halftime did a tribute to returning military. Two Fort Carson soldiers came on the field and talked about what transition was like. I had a business that was a year and a half old, helping executives and professionals tell their story, make themselves relevant, find opportunities. And everything these soldiers talked about was that they didn't know how to do that. And I thought, well, maybe there's something I could do to help. I don't know much about this. Um, and I spent about six months knocking on doors. It's amazing how resistant I found mm -hmm. the conversation because they didn't know who I was. Yeah. Um, but I started teaching and I started finding out that there's huge opportunity here. When men and women come out of the military, we put them through a program called TAP, Transition Assistant Program. And we basically teach them how to write a resume, how to apply for a credit card, um, how to get housing, how to access their medical benefits. Thank you for your service. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's not enough. And I know that a lot of progress is constantly being done to fix that. But I wanted to make myself part of that conversation. And for about 10 years, I've been doing that. Yeah. Speaking, writing, coaching, mentoring, um, anything I can do. Well, thank you for the work that you're doing there to help set them up for the next chapter and the success after service, as your book is called. Exactly. So yeah. if somebody's listening to this and thinking, well, before I even know whether I need a, a personal branding coach or professional advice, what are the baby steps that I could be doing right now to just even start to think about well, what is my brand and what I want it to be? Well, if you think of brand as reputation, right? Reputation is the perception other people have of you. So, you know, there's several steps that we go through in personal branding, but one of them is to assess where you are right now. And that isn't where you lay a whole bunch of judgment on what you've done or haven't done, but just sort of take an inventory of what is the reputation I have? You might ask some people, uh, around you, you know, so I heard this thing called personal branding. What do you think my brand is? Mm -hmm. Let him answer and get a sense of what, what the perception is right now. The power of personal branding is all in the sense of control you get when you design what you want. So the next step would be what brand do you want for yourself? Thinking all the way, you know, into the future, how do you want people to perceive you? If you could create the ideal end state for what your legacy and reputation would look like, what are some of the attributes that would surround that? So you've got this assessment of where you are, this idea of what you're aspiring to, and then you figure out how far apart are they. And for some people, very candidly, Morag, for a lot of people, where they are right now is where they want to be, right? If mm -hmm. a year hit them and it all ended then they're good. They're going to be remembered the way they want. But you need to have a strategy to make sure you don't make, make mistakes or you don't accidentally make a misstep that could damage that. But for a lot of us, and, and it was for me starting out, where I was and where I wanted to be were very different. So I had to close that gap. Mm -hmm. There was a strategy for that. And then we look at things like marketing, which is social media, networking, elevator pitch, all those marketing tactics. Well, that was going to be my next question then. So what are some of the tactics that I might expect to do to close the gap? Because I was about to flippantly say, I'm not going to pay, I'm not taking out paid advertising. I hope not. Positionally. Um, but as a, as a human being who's influencing others, what are some examples of behaviors and tactics that people can adopt that 
break down brand incongruence and get the where I am and where I want to be closer together? Well, there's really five big areas that we look at. Um, the first starts with narrative, because I believe words, communication, language starts everything. And narrative starts with how you talk to yourself. Then it goes to how you talk to other people. And finally, how other people talk to other people about you. And we sort of break down. And you might think about, like, am I feeding myself a narrative that's healthy or is it you know, detrimental? Am I telling myself bad things and expecting other people are going to find me valuable? Your elevator pitch, um, the word of mouth introductions that you get, that's all in the context of narrative. The next one is networking because we know relationships matter. Mm -hmm. You have networked and we've brought each other business and we've brought each other opportunities. We've collaborated. That's a networking relationship because we both are getting something of value, right? I'm not talking friends and family, but strategic networking relationships. Are they on brand? Are they not healthy? Those would be some assessments. Then we take it online, right? Which is the third category, an online digital capital. How, how is your reputation online? When you post something, are you getting the level of engagement, however you measure that, that you seek? Are you presenting yourself consistently across social media? Many of us are on LinkedIn, but we're also on Facebook and Instagram and mm-hmm. Twitter and Pinterest. Well, are you showing up as the same person? or different sides of the same person, or do you look like a completely different person? So we look for congruency as well as consistency. Um, Are you sharing content that supports your value proposition as an expert? Are you speaking in a voice that sounds like you, or does it sound like somebody else wrote your social media? Mm -hmm. So again, we look for for consistency. And then the final two kind of go hand in hand, and that's presence and body language. So you want to be taken seriously, but, you know, every time I ask you a question, you're shaking your head and looking down and you look like you just rolled out of bed. Hmm. Probably not consistent with the brand you're trying to build. And we have to remember that nonverbal communication, which is body language and presence, count for a lot of how the information is received. Mm-hmm. So those five areas are what we look through. And if the gap is significant, those are where we can start to close that gap strategically. Okay, I love it. So how has your brand evolved over the years since 2008? Um, Definitely more confident. I think when I realized, as I shared that conversation, that people wanted to hear from me, they they wanted to hear my story, which I thought was only interesting to me and my my dogs. Then I started getting more confident. It's definitely helped my coaching because I draw from all those 20 years, but also all the other clients that I've worked with. And I don't know that I would have done that before. I think I still have the same sense of humor, quirkiness, authenticity that I had then. But I think you've seen me evolve uh, as I've matured, as I've changed my hairstyle, things like that. I've made sure that my brand stays current with where it is today and not tried to use imagery or messaging from 10 years ago and think that it's still going to work in today's environment. So talking of today's environment, to what extent has 2020 in this crucible year that we're all going through, how has that changed or influenced the advice that you're giving to people right now? That's a great question. You know, I think when everything happened back in the spring of 2020, we saw people respond in two ways, right? There were the 
people who fell apart and shared all their misery and their sorrow and sadness and fear online. And then there were the people who sort of championed pivoting and change and I'm going to figure out a new normal. And, and I didn't feel like I fit into either camp. And so I actually kind of took a step back. And at first I was concerned that my voice wasn't adding to one of those, but neither of them felt authentic. So I think holding back a little bit worked well for me. It, it was authentic with my brand because I wouldn't have felt genuine being either of those other two. But one thing I've learned in, in the years I've been in business, which you and I probably have the same many years under our belt, is that there are people who can't make a living in a good economy. And there are people who make a great living when the economy's bad. So I never looked at this market as, as, as a, a, cr a crutch that I had to navigate. I was going to figure out what I had to do to make sure I was relevant and compelling, but I wasn't sure I was going to make any huge changes. So I think I actually used some more hesitancy than I might use in any other side of my business uh, to, to navigate and find a ground that felt comfortable for me, which felt very on brand. Okay. Yeah. So as we start to come towards the end of our time together, I'm Curious, what message do you have for the listeners or the watchers of People First that they, you want them to take away when it comes to personal branding? I think the best message I can share is that having a consistent and clear personal brand is where you get control. It's where you get a sense of intention and strategy. Things feel less random and abstract. Teams function better. Leaders lead better. And followers know how to contribute to the best of their ability. It's often misthought that personal branding was about being a celebrity or being a leader or being famous. And it really isn't. It's about being able to intentionally and strategically make choices that are right for you. And to know when a choice isn't right for you, even if it's a great option, if it isn't right for you, that's when you say, thank you, but I'm going to pass. And it may be the hardest thing you ever do, but you'll know what personal branding is about when you make the tough choices as well as the easy ones. It just makes things, I think it makes life easier. Well, Lida, I learn something from you every time we talk, and I appreciate our time today. How can people find out more about the work that you do at Lida 360 and learn more about your books? Well, certainly Lida 360, my website, um, L-I-D-A 360, has a link to all the books um, as well as LinkedIn. And LinkedIn Learning, which is such a powerful tool that we have at our disposal right now, and so many people are using this pandemic time to upskill and to better themselves, check out my courses on LinkedIn Learning. I have a whole course on how to build your personal brand, how to repair your reputation, how to advance in your career. Um, and if you have somebody in your family who's prior military or you yourself are, then thank you for that service. And please know that I'm a resource as well as many of the people I associate with. So Lita360 just seems to be where all roads lead for me. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Well, thank you. I wish you and your family continued health and success. Thank you for your time today, Lida. Same to you. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining Morag today. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. If you learned something worth sharing, share it. Cultivate your relationships today when you don't need anything before you need something. Be sure to follow Sky Team and Morag on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you have any ideas about topics we should tackle, interviews we should do, or if you yourself would like to be on the show, drop us a line at info at skyteam.com. 
That's S-K-Y-E-Team.com. Thanks again for joining us today. And remember, business is personal and relationships matter. We are your allies.